I need to know everything Who in the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying But act like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George I hop in the Porsche with five and a horse I'm ready for war I'm coming for throws To turn to a ghost I need to know everything Now you be surprised at the info you get Is by letting them talk So I'm letting them talk Gotta keep quiet, maneuver in science Then let them in talk up their body Another one body That's just how it goes. Hello and welcome to JK Plus One I am not your host, PTF He's, uh, I don't know, he's Actually, this, uh, this, I'm going to go off script a little bit here, but I normally make fun of him. Uh, sadly enough, I, I hate to announce it first, but hopefully Pete won't mind. Um, Muggsy, uh, the handicapping Labrador, um, has gone on to her, uh, her next life. And uh, so I think he's dealing with that today. So if you... Uh, if you, uh, if you hear this, uh, make sure you give him condolences for the, the greatest handicapping Labrador in the history of the world, Muggsy. Uh, I am your host, Jonathan Kinchin, and uh, I wasn't planning on giving you that sad news, but uh, it, it happened. I, I didn't feel right making fun of Pete after, after, uh, after such a, a tough situation. Um, on a greater note, on a higher note, on a happier note, I have... Literally, you hear me talk about it three or four times. Full fanboy experience for me. Um, the most influential person in racing, you know, that obviously didn't, not, not that this person helped me professionally, but just influential in my love for this game. And influential in so many aspects of my life uh, that I didn't even realize until I started talking about it on the show today. Uh, Hall of Famer. Mike Smith is is with us today on JK Plus One, and uh, it was fun. It was it was a it was a fun hour and change, um, and we talked about uh, Zenyatta. We talked about Songbird, Gary Stevens. We talked about uh, New York Cigar, Bill Mott, Shug. It's it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and we talk about obviously being Derby Week. We talk about a lot of his Derby situations. Uh, we talk about. His first derby. We talk about his last derby. We talk about this his third derby win, which he'll. I'll let him explain to you. But uh, uh, it was it was a pleasure to sit down with Mike. I want to thank our friends at Qatar Racing for their continued support, uh, the continued support of this podcast, and um, allowing us to 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 do stuff like this, to do stuff uh, with Mike Smith, with Angel Cordero, with it's it's. It's a, it's a dream come true for, for me, and, and, and I hope that you guys are enjoying the content as well. I, I'm going to shut up, and I'm going to get to uh, Money Mike, and, 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 and I hope you guys will enjoy it as much as I enjoyed recording it. Mike, I got to tell you, this is, uh, this is kind of a, a surreal moment for me. Like, I mean, obviously, we've, we've become friends, and, and, and that's weird in its own right because of all the people that I've come across – in, in this game since I've gotten involved, it, you were kind of the one that was on the highest pedestal for me when I was just a fan. And, uh, and I appreciate you taking the time. Oh man. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. No, heck, it's been great getting to know you as well, man. It's, it's, uh, it's been fun, man. You're fun to hang out with as well. <laughs> well, Mike, let's get started. I'm going to get started selfishly. Uh, not where you got started, but, you know, I'm going to kind of just tell you a quick story and then it'll, you'll know exactly where I'm going. But I, the people always ask me, how did you get into the game? Cause I didn't obviously grow up in racing. And, and the answer I always tell them is that when I was in college at the university of Texas, 
I had a hundred dollars to bet. I drove over to Maynard Downs, which is like right outside of Austin, Texas. And I bet uh, like nine, like $85 worth of exactas and all kinds of stuff um, with, with, with Curlin and, and, and all these other things, not Curlin, excuse me, with uh, uh, a fleet Alex. And I had $15 left over. And I remember my dad's friend who's, who's since passed. And I didn't, I didn't realize at the time, I thought he was like kind of my mentor. I didn't realize that he was more of a feel guy than a, than a pen and pencil guy. He, and, and he told me that he liked Giacomo. And I just remember, I was like, well, let me just bet five across the board on Giacomo. I'm a college student. We go back to our friend's house who's having a crawfish boil. And uh, the rest was history. I, I won, you know, 600 bucks that day. I bought, a, I, bought a keg, I bought a keg of beer. And then that night I got on Amazon and I ordered four handicapping books. And that's where it started. Uh, your ride on the 10 horse, uh, a, a son of Holy Bull, which we'll get to in a little while. But it was also your first derby. What was uh, what does Giacomo mean to you? <clears throat> well, yeah, he, you know, man, I tell you, you know, of course, it's your first derby, and he was 50 to one. And but I, I, I like you, like your mentor, man, I, I really thought that he had a chance to run really well. Uh, to win it, I, I look, I think things had to work out for him to win it. But uh, it looked like on paper that it could, you know, all the top horses were on the East Coast that year and they all kind of had the same running style. So I knew it was going to be a really quick pace in the Derby and uh, it could really set up for him. Uh, you know, he'd been out here on the West Coast where at the times the tracks were a lot faster. and He always finished real good, but I just didn't quite get there. But he was always the one that was running the best at the end. So I, I really thought he had a sneaky good chance to to run extremely well and of course we pulled it off and it's uh when when you win the derby uh it, it's especially for the first time it's life-changing man it's it's uh it, it's what we, what we all dream about in this sport uh rather you're a jockey a trainer an owner a, a groom an exercise rider a hot walker man you you want your horse to win the derby that's what it's all about so when you when you're blessed to pull it off, man, it's, it's, it truly is. It's, it's, it's life-changing. You, you had ridden some short price horses prior to that. Did look, I mean, did it, did it start to get to a point in your career where you were like, shit, man, this might not, this might not happen for me. There's a chance that I'm going to win all these races and I, and I'm going to be in the hall of fame and I might not win a Kentucky Derby. Or did you know that you, did you know that you had one out there with your name on it? I've all, I've always felt that I was going to win three derbies and 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 two triple crowns. <laughs> Don't ask me why, where that comes from, man. It's just something that I've always thought. Uh, so I was certainly praying that one was out there for me. I, th I thought there was, but but you're right. I was given some 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 really good opportunities and, and came really close. It finished second a few times, and and, and it's it's just such a hard race to win. And you see some of the greatest riders in in in. in, in of our times or in this sport period, you know, that might not even want a derby, you know, and if they did, some of them only win one, you know, if, if, you're, if you're blessed to win more than one, but well, you've done really well because that, that's how hard it is to win. I mean, it, you got to be on the right horse at the right time. And, and especially in these 20 horse fields, uh, just, you got to get a trip when you, especially when you come back uh, from as far out of it, uh, as Giacomo came from out of it. I think he was, I think last at one point and, but when it's meant to me, man, when it's meant to be, everything just seems to open up at the right time, and and, and it's your turn. <laughs> Mike, I mean, it, it, 
at, at this point of your career, you know, and, and I look, I don't, I don't know if this is a sensitive question or I'm just, but I'm going to go. It, do you, uh, you know, a week like this where, you know, you don't have a derby mount, does it, are you okay with that at this point of your career? Cause you've been there, you've done that. Or is there still a level of disappointment? I mean, obviously just some bad luck here and there with some horses, but how, how you know, are you disappointed? Or are you, are you content at this point of your well, career? Of- look, I mean, I certainly want to go in with the chance. So if, if I wasn't going in, uh, you know, on a horse that was liable, you know, I, I, look, I, I don't want to ride it just to ride it, of course, but, but, uh, but like I told you, uh, starting the starting the show off, man. I I I I'm intimate. I'm supposed to win three, <laughs> so I've only gotten two, you know. But so I, I want to go another. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride another year. I feel so good right now, Jonathan, that I want to ride another year or two and give it a, another really good shot. Uh, early on in the in the year, I thought I had a really nice three year old that was that could take me there, and he just didn't quite make it uh, this year. But uh, a lot of new babies coming around and we're going to see if we can, we can get there, but yeah, it's disappointing, but look, I don't want to go just to go, but I, I want to go and give it a really good shot. My guy, when I do this show, I, 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 I text people around the person I'm doing the show with to kind of get them to help me with some stories. And uh, your, your brother helped me out with a couple of good ones to kind of set you up with. So um, Prairie Bayou, tell me a little bit about your, your experience with Prairie Bayou. Man, he was just a blue-collar horse. Uh, he was the kind of horse that just showed up to work every day, never never did nothing wrong. Uh, up until the day he, he got hurt, uh, Jonathan, I think he was first and second in every every single race that he ever ran. He either finished first or second uh, until he got hurt. He was just that consistent. He was just – and he was the kindest horse you, you, you'd, you'd ever, that I had ever been around uh, – you know, there were times I'd walk by his stall when I'd go to visit him and he'd be, he liked to lay down a lot. He would even lay down outside when he was grazing and you could just crawl all over the top of him like a little kid and he wouldn't move. It was just a, a really, really cool and kind horse and meant the world to me. And I, I actually thought that the, that he would have, you know, he would have won the Derby. We finished a really good second, but Sea Hero with Jerry Bailey that day just just fired a race that, that he had never fired before and never did after because uh, we came back and we won the Preakness in pretty good fashion and I I thought that he would have had a good chance to win the Belmont if 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 all didn't go wrong you know Mike uh, we we talked about it a little bit at the top with Giacomo but uh, being a son of of Holy Bull um, did you know. Holy bull. It's still, when I watched those videos, I was obviously, you know, I was young. I was too young then to have really appreciated it, but like looking at those races now, I mean, what a special, special horse he was. Oh yeah. He'll always go down as my, as my all time favorite. I, you know, he was the horse, you know, Jonathan, that, that, that took my career to the next level. You know, he really did. Uh, he was the horse that taught me how to ride good horses. There's a difference uh, to riding a, your your everyday kind of you know claimer or allowance horse to ride a horse of that caliber <clears throat> they're a loaded gun and, and there's something you don't mess with man you you even think about pulling the trigger and they're gone and you and next thing you know you've done too much too soon and or or or, or they teach you to, to to have a lot of confidence and, and to learn to be patient as well uh, good horses uh you know like him anyway he taught me how to how to ride those kind of horses and he'll always have a special place in my heart. He was, 
you know, he was, people say, what was he like? Well, he was just like his name, man. He, he was holy, but he was a bull, man. He was, <laughs> he was the toughest horse you ever seen, but there was something about him that was just so special. How about that Travers? Were you, did you, did you, did you think you had it? Were you nervous? Did you know you were going that? Did you quit? Did you, what, what was your thoughts that day? Well, I, I, I knew, uh, I, I felt I was on the best horse, you know, going in on the race and <clears throat> Holy Bull had been, doing a lot of his running on the front end and I knew there was going to come a time where people were going to start putting somebody you know rabbit in there to 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 to, to press him you know to press the pace and sure enough what well, Lucas put a sprinter in there to, to to make sure that we went really quick and I honestly I tried to let the sprinter go ahead and, and, and do but then the bull just wanted to take it to him at the time he was still pretty aggressive early on in his career and man he just wanted to go with him but thing about him is it's it's not only was he just so talented he had stamina that that was that was crazy i mean this is a horse that could win from six furlongs to a mile and a quarter uh and he chose he chose not to give up that day i mean concern came at him with a full head of steam and actually probably got in front of me there just for a little bit but uh once he switched to his right lead heading for home he dug back in and it it was he wasn't going to let him by if we went around again Mike, uh, one of my favorite horses that you rode, it, this was when I, I, I finally realized that, that outside of the Giacomo, you know, I consider that one lucky because someone basically told me about that horse. But Bodie Meister was one of the derbies that I went to where I, I honed in on Bodie Meister and I felt like I, I, I have the best horse. And when they turned for home at the eighth pole, I, I thought, oh my God, I, I, as a horse player, I've nailed my first derby winner on my own. When you turned for home, did you think you were there? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, man, I, I, I just, you know, we had to go a little quick early. Uh, I'm sure that hurt us some. But uh, that was what was what was made him so good, though, was it that, that he had that, that high, high early cruising speed, and, and yet he could keep running. Uh, but, I, yeah, I thought I had it one for sure, and, and I believe it was, I'll have another uh, that, that – you know, nailed me there the last oh, 50 yards of the race. And, but then we got over to, to, to Pimlico and I thought, well, it's not near as much pace in the race this time. This was, I'll turn the tables on him and was able to go at a much easier pace and, and everything else. And he got me even easier. So maybe I should have used the same tactics <laughs> that we did in the Derby and, and maybe I ought to beat him at some point. But at the time I'll have another was just, just running, he was just running races that were, just right on you know he was just with the now horse and it was too bad because Bodie Meister at the time was 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 and still was I mean it always will go it was one of the probably one of the best milers I've been on it was just that extra part they would get to him you know yeah Mike you know it's 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 funny Bodie Meister and it was a combination of Bodie Meister but mostly game on dude and you who taught me and kind of formed my style as a as a handicapper and a horse player um about the importance of speed and, and not that, not that 49 to the half speed really game on dude taught me that that 49 to the half thing didn't work for horses like that. didn't work for horses like American Pharaoh either. It was, it was the faster they were going, uh, the more of a weapon that they were using. That's why I think I handicapped turf sprint so well, because I just, I, I, I find the speed horse and more often than not, the speed of the speed wins those types of races. Did it take you a long time throughout your career to kind of figure that out? I'm, I'm sure Holy Bull had a lot to do with that. 
again, that's what I was talking about. Uh, he taught me how to ride those those kind of horses that had that high cruising speed. And you know, and early on in my career, of course, you always wanted to go as easy as you could the first part. Everyone would, you know, you'd, you'd then you'd get a two linked advantage or a three linked advantage, and you would just grab a hold of them and slow them down to, to go the first quarter in twenty four, thinking that was that was going to save energy, you know, and you were going to have that much more left at the end. Well, a lot of times that's not the case, you know. If you can get a horse to do that with finesse and not pull in against them, then then it would help you. But I just learned early on uh, and getting the opportunity to ride you know, against the guys that came before me, man. It, it was some some of the greatest riders of all time. But I was a big uh, big fan of Pat Days and used to watch how he could just get the horses. You know that, that I mean, just watch Wild again. You know the first Breeders' Cup Classic. I mean, here's a guy that that wasn't no slow fractions, but it showed you that you know that high cruising speed is dangerous and you get a horse into a real comfortable rhythm and as long as they're breathing right man they'll carry that speed for a long ways and and, and what happens is those closers have to try to move early into it to try and get to you and then they don't have a they don't have a kick at the end and you're able to you know to, to outlast them and and just kind of learn that early on and learn just not the more i fought with i never did get much out of a horse when i took a strong hold of them when i turned them loose they just never really gave me what I thought I should have. And I learned that, that finesse worked a whole lot better. And if you can let a horse that has a high cruising speed, use it to his advantage, it's, it's dangerous, man. It's, you know, you'll take, you'll take them closers out of their game quick. Mike, we, we, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Angel Cordero on for, uh, for a couple of hours and just telling some of his wild stories. But I, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about your time in New York because the Mike Smith that I know, the Mike Smith that I followed was California Mike Smith. I never knew New York Mike Smith. So I want to talk to you about that. But before we get into that, riding with Angel, what, what was that like? Uh, I've heard he was, was a, a very tricky guy to ride with. He's very smart, you know. Uh, a lot of people talk about Angel how like he was a, a you know, a, 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 a dirty rider or something. He, he didn't ride. I mean, he just he he was a really smart rider, man. He rode. I mean, he'd hold you in and do things like that, but just you were the horse to beat, you know. And, and he knew who the horses were to beat. And he knew what he needed to do to get the job done when he went on the best horse, but. He was just brilliant to watch. I, I loved riding with him, man. I, I really did. Uh, learned a lot from him and, and, and just getting the opportunity to be, be able to hang around him in the jock room and at his house sometimes and pick his brain was just, uh, as a young guy growing up, you know, I, I always tell everybody, say, they say, where you, who do you patent your style out, off of? And, and I just always tell everybody, I got a little bit of all those guys in me, man, I, I, a little of Pat Day, a little of Angel, a little of Chris McCarron, a little of Gary Bailey, a little, you know, Jacinto, a little of this guy, a little of that guy, uh, I just, all of them into one, you know, you, there, it was amazing watching those guys, how, how, how talented they all were. And so it was fun coming up in New York around that time. There was some great, great riders, man. I mean, old and young, man, there were some, as there was out here in California. I mean, it, it's just, it's, it was a crazy generation of, of riders that I don't know if we'll ever see again, the generation before me. It was, uh, it was great to be able to learn from them. Mike, I, I asked Angel this the other day. Do, do you feel like, you know, the nineties were safer than now, or do you feel like now is safer than the nineties? 
in terms of the way that you guys, the, the way that you guys, you know, the, how the room kind of takes care of each other and, and, and all of that. Oh, it's hard. hard to, that's a good question, man. It's hard to say. Uh, you know, there was just certain rules you followed back then in the 90s, man. There was not, just because a guy was off the fence a little bit didn't mean you drove up in there. You know, as, as far off the fence as he was, that was where the rail was. You, you did, you got to, you had to be careful back then getting through. Whereas nowadays, you, you'll get through a lot easier than you used to because, you know, people just ride so much harder. I mean, they come off that turn riding a whole lot harder. And, you know, once they've gotten going, they, they, they maintain a, a straighter course. Whereas, you know, back in the old days, if you try to, if you try to get down in there, you're going to, more than likely, you're going to pay for it. So it was a, I would say it's a little bit tougher, kind of like the NBA, man. There was a whole lot more, you know, you had to be, you know, it was more checking and, and bumping and, <laughs> and stuff like that than there is nowadays, uh, at least out here in California anyway. I'm not sure, you know, I, I don't go to New York as often as I used to, to, you know, to ride every day and see how it is there. But, uh, you know, it was just, a, I don't know, I, I think it was a little bit tougher to ride back in the 90s than it, was, it would be nowadays. What what took you to New York, Mike? I mean, you grew up in New Mexico. Um, what 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 took you what took you to New York and got you in the in the barns with Suge and 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 all of that? You know, right in the in the Midwest in Kentucky. Uh, you know, I started out in New Mexico, and then it, it led me to Hot Springs, and then from Hot Springs, uh, you know, you could go into Nebraska, you could go into Chicago. And then after that, you'd go into Kingland and Churchill and, and just riding that circuit gave me the opportunity to ride for, for, I rode my first derby for Shug McGahee in 1984. Uh, I think I was 18 years old. I rode a horse called Pine Circle for Shug. Uh, that's how far back, you know, I go with him and, 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 and with Billy Mott as well. Uh, you know, I, I started riding for Billy probably when I was 17, 18 years old as well. And then me and Todd Pletcher kind of grew up together. Uh, you know, I've, I've known Todd since I was 16 and I went to Louisiana just for a, a little learning break, a little two month education on, on watching them riders over there. And, and, and JJ, uh, Todd's father uh, guy, you know, at the time had horses in New Mexico. So he kind of helped out all the young New Mexico riders and, you know, got to hang out with Todd when we were the same age. We were 16 <laughs> back then. So when I, when, when, when that whole crew, when she got the job with the Phipps and then with Billy and them, you know, started going into New York, well, I just joined along with them, man. What, what, uh, and, and it, I mean, you, you know, you had some success. I mean, you had a lot of success in New York. What, what was yeah, the, yeah, what was well. the, what was the reason for, for moving to California? You know, I got hurt really bad in 1998. Uh, I went down in a spill there at Saratoga and, and broke my back and, 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 and was out for about seven to eight months, I guess it was, Jonathan, and, and came back way too soon, man. I, and and my, my back was, was not ready, you know, to come back and start riding six, seven, eight, nine a day. And, of course, I jumped right, right into it and, and realized that I wasn't able to. Uh, so I had it cut way back. Uh, try to pick and choose a whole lot more and 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 they just weren't winning right off the bat and and, and so things kind of went south there for a little bit and I didn't want to leave 
not doing well. And, and I hired a new agent at the time and, and said, just to come into New York, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start riding a little more. Let's see if we can get my business going here. And then I'll go back to California with you. I hired a guy out of California. His name was Brian Beach. And, and he, he wanted me to come out to California, not, not to stay in New York. I said, I'll do it, but I got to get going in New York before we do that. And, and we did well. He came out and we were second leading rider that winter meet in Florida, just, just got beat for leading rider. And we came back into New York and we were finished the Belmont meet third leading rider. And I thought, okay, that that's good enough. Let's go give it a shot, man. And just looking for something new was blessed to have had a great career there in New York. And, and just looking to, to, to I always thought California was a place I'd, I'd, I'd like to try and like to be, and, and, and it's closer to home. So we came out here and, and I remember talking to Shug McGahee about it. He said, look, Mike, you're just one good horse away from being right back to where you were, man. Just, just go out there and just go find that one. And it's funny, Jonathan, I came out and, and, and I, I, by the very grace of God, really, I, I, I found a filly called Azari. And, and that's what started me getting rolling in California was, was, was that mare, Azari. You know, she went on to win the Breeders' Cup and, think I won like 14 or 15 in a row on her I mean she was some mare and that's what got me rolling and then getting the opportunity to ride for John Sheriffs and, and, and of course you know things took off there and we just had a great career and then getting her getting in with Bob and then we me and Bob went on a run that was kind of unheard of there for a while man I mean we were I was probably winning at 75 percent and, and most of them were grade ones <laughs> at the time so I've had a, I was blessed to have had a Hall of Fame career in, in, in New York, and, and I feel like I've had one out here in California as well. So I've, I've gotten to taste the, both, the, the best of both, both sides. And, and I got to ride with, with, with everybody before they retired, you know, I, with you know, Cordero and George Velasquez and Jacinto and Bailey and everybody, you know, back in the East coast and then getting to come out here and, and to ride with Eddie D and Lafitte and Chris McCarron and, you know, Stevens, every, everybody out here it, before they all retired. So I, I got the best of both worlds, man. Uh, Mike, if you could, if you could sleep in your bed, you know, that night, where would you like to ride nine at on a Saturday? Anywhere in the world you ride nine, but you get the, you get the, you get the teleport to your bed. Where would you where would you like to ride those nine? Wow. You know, I've never been a guy that really mattered where I was at. It was a matter of was I on nine favorites, wherever that would be, man. I was <laughs> Man, that could be in Minnesota, Canterbury Downs, man. As long as I was on nine favorites, that's where I wanted to be. <laughs> it didn't matter where I was at. I, I I didn't have to have a track, you know. I kinda I I'd run on all surfaces, man. I I just I like I like riding good horses. I still do. 1995, the Breeders' Cup. Uh, what's the black eye story? Well, I got in a little wrestling match. Uh, <laughs> 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 a couple of days out, uh, uh, Gary Stevens happened to come in town a little early, and, and, and uh, we got a little 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 old old-fashioned wrestling match, and, and – uh, we told everybody it was racquetball, but but he landed on my nose and, and, and broke my nose. <laughs> <laughs> but I was fine. It was just my nose. I was okay, man. I had a, I had a great Breeders' Cup that day. 
you you and Gary, uh, uh, your relationship, I think it kind of got it. It seemed to kind of get magnified when the with the Songbird Beholder deal, but uh, you guys, oh, we've been close for a long time, and he's yeah. like my my big brother. Uh, uh, we we're really really close. I look up to him so much. I just you know, not only is he one of the greatest writers of all time, he's just uh, he's been a, a great great friend of really really close close friend of mine i mean we're literally like brothers he he told me to ask you about his whip after the arkansas derby when uh when he won on tanks prospect yeah i asked him uh i knew his brother first you know scott was riding there in hot springs and was excited about gary coming in and, and getting to meet him you know he was doing really well out in california at the time and i was getting married that night uh to patrice lively and and uh I asked him if he'd come to my wedding and, and, and if, he, if he wasn't doing anything after race, he said, sure, I will. You know, I'll come to your wedding. You're getting married. Yeah, it's going to be right here. Just come to reception, you know, is what I was telling him to do. And, and of course, after he, uh, after he won the, the Arkansas Derby, I said, you know, that'd be a really nice wedding present. Uh, <laughs> he was like, give me that, your, your riding crop, man. I really appreciate that. He, he said, man, that's like asking a baseball player to give you his favorite bat that he passed. Well, anyway, he wind up giving it to me, and I still have it. I still have that riding crop, man. Oh, that's unbelievable. He said that – he said that uh, – he told me to ask you if Eddie Delahousse and uh, and him opened the bar back up. Well, Eddie came. Eddie was at the time was a real close friend of, of my father-in-law, my future father-in-law then at the time uh, – John Lively, who was a really good, really good rider. Matter of fact, he won the Preakness on a horse called Elocutionist. I don't know if you, if you, you'll have to look that one up. It was really, really a great race. But John was a, a great rider in the Midwest, did really, really well. And him and Eddie were close friends. And so they came to the reception. Eddie came to this reception as well. And, and uh, it is getting over kind of early. And, and, and I remember Gary and Eddie, and I said, well, the open bars already kind of closed, uh, you know, kind of people are kind of leaving and whatever, whatever. And, and so Gary and I said, I don't have enough money to keep it, keep it open. <laughs> so Gary and Eddie took care of it, man. They kept that open bar as long as anyone wanted to stay. They kept it open for me. Um, why did you give up Thunder Gulch in the 95 Derby? That it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I should have, well, Talking Man was a really good horse, Roger Adfield. I mean, he really was. But the only place he wasn't exceptionally well was at Churchill. And I should have known that because he ran there as a two-year-old in the juvenile I rode him. He finished third, but he didn't handle that track. If it had been any other on a, on any other racetrack, he probably would have won, won that race. And, and, and maybe even the Derby if it was at another track. But he just didn't get over Churchill that well. And, and we forgot about that. Me and my agent at the time, Steve Adika, forgot about it. And Thunder Gulch ran in the in the bluegrass. And Talking Man ran in the wood. And, and I, I didn't get to ride either one of them because I was committed to concern at the time. I was, And he was going to run at Oaklawn, the Oaklawn Park Handicap against Cigar. But I got I got to to choose even even after the win, lose, or draw, even after the, the – the bluegrass or the wood, I, I'd get to choose, you know, which, which horse to ride. Well, yeah. Thunder Gulch didn't run that well in the bluegrass that day. And Talking Man wins the wood by 12. So 
my agent just felt that was the way we should go. And, and, and I thought so as well. I mean, you know, here's a horse just won by 12. I mean, literally under wraps and, and, and Thunder Gold just kind of ran a very disappointing fourth, I think it was. Uh, but just not, not, not re, you know, not remembering that, that or, or putting into to play that, you know, Talking Man didn't run that well the, the year before over at Churchill. I just didn't. I actually still made the lead heading for home, and then I, I Thunder Gulch passed me with those orange and blue silks and that orange dot on the back, and I said, "Oh man, <laughs> it took off." I I think Gary was riding in Japan or somewhere at the time, and I talked him into coming into riding. I think Gary told me that story on when I had the podcast with him that, or maybe it was Ron Anderson told me. Yeah, I I, I talked Gary because Gary didn't want to come back, and he said, "Well, why did he run so bad in the?" in the bluegrass. And as I said, there was no apparent reason. He just, just didn't fire. But I know if he, if he'll run his race, like he did in the, I said, look, I, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you he'll win, but he'll run good because he, he's a, he's a fighting little horse, man. I mean, he went the, the fountain of youth and the bluegrass and the, in the, in the Florida Derby. I said, they, I mean, he beat just about everybody there is to beat the Derby already. So why wouldn't you give him a chance other than talking, man? And I, I think I'm going to win it, but I think you could finish second. <laughs> Well, it was the other way around. He went in, and I don't even know if I, I, hell, I didn't even finish second, maybe not even third. I don't even remember where I finished. In in '96 with Unbridled Song, were you, were you, you had to wear a boot, or were you, were you were you injured? No, it wasn't me. Uh, Unbridled Song uh, was injured. Oh, he ran. Okay. Yeah, he had to run with two bar shoes on, egg bar shoes. So he he literally had half of. He, he had a quarter crack that abscess and it popped uh, just before the race. And, and uh, I mean, he had an abscess. He literally had half a foot. He had to run with these egg bar shoes with no toe grabs on them. He just had a lot of trouble with the track that day, slipping and sliding. But I mean, he was, uh, I, I believe anyway, he was certainly the best horse in that race. If, if, if he was halfway right, I think he'd have won it. He still only gets beat just a little bit. And, and like I said, he had half a foot. Mike, uh, one of I, I I argue that one of the greatest four race runs I've ever seen consecutive from a horse was Arrogate when you when you did the Travers, then the Classic, the World Cup, and then and then the Pegasus World Cup, and then the, and then the Dubai World Cup. I, I kind of want to go through those one of them specifically because I, I saw this video clip one time about the Classic, so we're gonna get to that one. But the Travers that day from the rail. Was that the plan? Go to the front? Did you know you were going to do that, or did you just break so well you ended up there? No, no, that was the plan. Uh, you know, we drew the course, so we drew the inside, and, and, and you know, of course, you you know, a lot of people. He wasn't Arrogate yet at the time, but but yeah, I mean, he had a lot of ability, and I know Bob thought a whole lot of him, and I hadn't ridden him yet, but I had watched him, and I'd watch him train. I thought, man, this is a really good horse. And then when we drew the one hole, that was a game plan. I said, look, Bob, I said, I'm I'm going to, you know. He said, see if you can get him on out of there. See if you can make the lead with him. And Bob had two in there, if you remember at the time. Yep. Beharano rode the other one. And, and uh, man, we were able to jump well. And, and, and I, I, I gunned him for a good 100 yards. I mean, I rode him pretty hard out of there. But once I got him going forward and he got up to the lead, I mean, he was just – it was just coming so easy to him. I, man, this horse is just – and I kept thinking, I know we're going pretty quick, but I said, at some point it's, it's going to take a toll, and it just didn't. I mean, he just kept getting <laughs> faster and faster and faster and faster. I was like, wow. And, of course, he draws away and wins the Travers by, like, I forget how far it was. And 
I think it's to this day still the fastest mile a quarter ever ran at Saratoga. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a track record. Um, yeah. And then I saw that video, which was I thought it was one of my favorite like two minute video clips I've ever seen is when you were watching the race in the classic with Bob and I think his family, I think Jill and Bodie were there and you were pointing out and I love to watch it now and like show it to people that don't know a lot about racing. And you pointed out that you were hiding basically from Victor where you had like tucked inside. He looked and saw you. And then once he looked, then you tipped outside because then he didn't know you were coming on his outside. And I, I, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, I think that the, there's a blimp shot that shows a real good, you could understand it a whole lot better. If you'll, if you'll see that, 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 that the camera angle from up in the air, you know, then you can kind of see it, but you know, Victor was just cruising on the lead on a very comfortable lead uh, with, with California Chrome. And, and I didn't want him to, to see when I was going to make my big run at him. So I kept just put positioning myself in places that he couldn't see me. And if he'd look to the left, what I'd kind of tip to the right, and, you know, and vice versa. I just kept doing it all the way until you could see even heading for home. We, I was just doing crisscrosses back over and back and forth and, and was able to really get him running and come at him with a full head of steam coming off that turn uh, before he got running. And and, and Airgate was just a, a bigger, a bigger, stronger horse. And he just out, outstrided him at the end. You know, it's incredible. But he was just starting to get good then, honestly, uh, Jonathan, at that time, though, that race – you know, he come out of the, the the Breeders' Cup Classic, man. A really, it just took him to another level. A really fit and strong horse. So, and of course, we saw what he went on to do after that. Yeah, and then the Pegasus World Cup wasn't even that interesting. I mean, he just he just he ran no, them off their just, feet, and he ran this huge. I think it was his Dubai World Cup that showed how good he really was. He, no other horse, I don't think. He was supposed to win that race, man. He wasn't supposed to win that race. Not after that start, man. We just got totally eliminated leaving there. Uh, look at the gun runner. He never lost again after that race. No, no. Like it I shouldn't have, it shouldn't have lost that race. It, it took a horse like, like Arrowgate to, to, to beat him that day. It, it really did. I mean, he was supposed to win that by himself. And, and look, I, I think that this is a, and I want to definitely talk about that, but it's, I think it's a, you just want to remind everyone that this will lead to the transition into uh, Zenyatta's last race, Mike. But I mean, I know that when I, when I, when I was watching it, I was at Hawthorne for a, for a, for a, a betting contest, hanging out, hanging out in this bar area. And when you broke and you were so far back, I just, the Zenyatta Churchill race was just flashing in my eyes of like, oh my God, he's so far back. (laughs) And did, did the Zenyatta race impact your decision to just uh, on how you handled what happened in that Dubai world cup? Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, I mean, I look, I mean, the first words out of my mouth, we can't even say uh, on air to be honest with you. But then right after that, I said, you know what? I said, I, I, she really popped in my head. I said, if she could do it, you can too, man. You know, I was like, just get back in the race little by little. Just get back in there little. Just give him a chance and little by little, you know. And, and, and little by little, he just started gaining confidence. And by halfway down the backside, man, he started to run over horses. I thought, wow, man, I need, now I need to cut a corner here somewhere and save a little bit of ground. And and, 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 and I'm not without a chance to, to, to finish well. I still didn't think I'd be able to run gun, gun runner down uh, – but as we passed the three-eighths pole and I was able to cut that corner and then 
and then tip back out. And when I got him back out of the, the kickback, man, he jumped into the bridle. Like I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, not only is he going to run well still, he, he's going to win this thing. And, and, and I actually wanted gearing him down a little. I was I, I, it was just a performance that I'd, I'd never seen before. Don't know if I'll ever, if I'll ever see it again. Uh, it was just incredible, man. It, it really was. Uh, I think he showed how great he really was uh, that day. He might have left it all out on the racetrack that day because you know he, he did. You know when he came back to the states, he just went the same after that. Uh, but man, I don't think there was a horse in the world could have beat him that night. It was outstanding. It was one of the it was one of the the, the greatest performances I'd seen because I I think you make that point that's very important for everyone to understand is that he didn't run down some random you know Dubai Godolphin horse that they just entered in the race he didn't run down some turf horse that shouldn't be there he ran down Gunrunner oh and 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 you talked to to Florent and Florent said there's no way no one was supposed to run by me he said when I headed for home and I asked my horse to run he just took it to another level. I thought it's over, man. There's no way no one's going to pass me. And it, it took a horse like Arrowgate to get by him. He, I mean, he was as shocked as I was that someone passed him. And I was as shocked that I, that I passed him. It was, it was, it was just some race that he ran. Mike, we, we touched on it a little bit and, and, and we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll work backwards, but you know, I, I know I've told you this before, but for the longest time, my Twitter profile picture was a picture where I grabbed you at Churchill Downs where I sat at those tables where the where the riders come right out of the room there and I showed you that I had Zenyatta tattooed on my arm and we took a picture of together and that was my Twitter profile for forever until my hair got longer I had to change it up a little bit but <laughs> she she was you know I think she was the first horse she was the first horse that brought me to tears she was the first horse that like I had had such an emotional impact on me that I would cry when, 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 if I watched the right race or if I'm in the right mood when she won or, or whatever it was. And, you know, it, it's always, it's always kind of, even before I got to know you, it's always kind of broken my heart that I've seen interviews or I saw interviews of you saying that you felt like, you know, you, that you made decisions that got her beat in that last race. And, I don't think that was the case at all. I think you trusted her so much that at that point you, you made every right move. You, you were just a jump late. Where are you at with that race now? Well, look, I mean, I'll just start, start out by saying how special she was. And I'm, I'm like you. I mean, she'd make me cry while I was on her. Uh, that's how special she was. I mean, it, she made other trainers and, and, and owners cry that was that were racing against her and not because she beat them but that's how special she was she was I think she still to this day is like one of the every time that she ran a race as I was passing all the other jockeys I could hear them like they would holler for her like go Zignata go <laughs> it's the craziest thing ever she I mean they, they were huge fans everyone was just She'll go down as being probably one of the most, if not these most special horses that, and not just because I rode her, but that, that I've ever seen. Uh, she just, it was, the whole thing was a show, man. If, 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 if you weren't there to see it, you, you just missed it. It's hard to describe, but from her dancing in the paddock and just 
her size and how big and beautiful she was and how she would just pick her head up and tower over horses and look over them as if they were not even there. It was just a, <laughs> the whole show was incredible. But as far as that last race goes, you know, uh, you know, I'll always go by if, if, if I say I'll ride the race the same again, then I finish second. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Uh, you know, we just, Churchill just probably wasn't her, her, her most favorite track, to be honest with you. She left there spinning her wheels, you know, kind of fumbling and it took her forever to get up and, and get going. Uh, and by that time there were two separate races that were running. There was a whole group in front and then a, a second group that was about 10 in front of me. And then the, the leading group was about five or so in front of them. And and I, I don't think she realized she had to run by that second group that was way down there until it was too late, you know. And then it took a horse, look, it took a horse like Blaine to beat him, which was a, a really good horse. And not only was he a good horse, he was an exceptional horse on, on, at Churchill. I, I think he finished his career six for six at Churchill Downs. Uh, you know, that that was his track. And, and, and for her to run as well as she did uh, to get within a nose of him after being that far back was probably one of her greatest races she ever ran and it showed how great she really was. Yeah. It's one of the things that annoy me that people say about a lot of her races on the synthetic. I, I, I like to try to remind them or convince them that her best race she ever ran was, was on the dirt at Churchill. It, it just so happens that the result was different than the other 19, but that was, she ran huge that day considering the circumstances. She really did, and, and and just before we headed for home, she got bumped pretty hard. Uh, as I was, I was trying to cut a corner and squeeze in between two horses, and I had room as we were going in there. But she's big, and a, a horse that was stopping kind of wheeled out, and that's when Blaine got through. It kind of wheeled out into my path, and he got through, and it, it just stopped me that for that one really big jump you know and it took me a bit to get her going again and and I just wasn't able to make it up uh but man it was just it was I wasn't gonna blame her uh you know it was you know it was she was my everything man it was just so sad that it was I think what hurt the most Jonathan was that I knew it was the last time I was gonna ride her so if I if I if I knew that her career wasn't gonna be over I knew she would she would have redeemed herself I knew she would have come back and, and beat the boys again and it, it all would have been okay but I wasn't going to get that chance, you know, it was it. It was the last time I was going to get to get on her back. So I certainly wanted to, to end it uh, with a W because she deserved that. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's crazy how, how things, you know, it was just, wasn't meant to be. And, and, and who knows, I might've just rode off into the sunset with her. If she would have retired a winner, I think I might've just left with her and just say that, that was the last horse I've ever ridden, but it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. And it, it, it lit a fire underneath me that I wanted to come back and, 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 and do something big. And, and, you know, we come back, I win the classic the following year with Drossel Meyer. And then, then we went on to, to, to win a triple crown with, with Bob, with, with uh, justify him and, and Bob, you know, it was just, uh, if I should have won that day, I might've never, never rode again. You know, uh, it's funny you mentioned that um, because, you know, I, I talked about, you know, at the top of the show, I talked about how, 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 you know, as a, as a, as a fan who with no access, you were the, the pinnacle for, for my 
fan my fandom. It was a lot of because of Zenyatta. It was because of Giacomo. That you know, like I said, that was the first horse that I I, I bought books that night. And you mentioned uh, uh, another one that I think is also important to the story. And I don't know. If, I think I've told you this before, but I was coaching high school football. I was making you know, $60,000 a year and everything was great. And, and, and I was, I was in Texas and, and we came to the Belmont stakes that year. And, and, and I hit a pick four that day that ended in Drosselmeyer that paid $84,000. And uh, actually I've never, I've never said this out loud before, but I'm going to say it. I, that not only did I win that money and it was great because of, you know, it was basically, you know, my entire salary, but also, <laughs> It was, and it was, a, it was a, it was a, it was a win that, that I felt like I could continue to play. But my, my ex-wife at the time said to me that night when I was heading back, she said, we, now we have some money saved up. We can, we can try to have a kid. And that's, I, that was the decision that, that led me into now the most precious thing in my life, which is my son. It was that day after that race with Drosselmeyer uh, winning that Belmont. Wow. Man, that's incredible. I, I, I hope you didn't name him Drosselmeyer, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, his, but you know what, though? And it's it's not all because of you, but it, it's, it is a nice little aside. His middle, his middle name is Michael, but all it's, right. there you, it's go. It, it, you know, that was his grandfather's name as well. But also, you know, Drosselmeyer. I'm going to say it's for me. Drosselmeyer helped us out a little bit, too. Um, Drosselmeyer helped us out a little bit, too. And then, you know, I, it's, it's funny you say that about Zenyatta, that if she would have won, there's a chance that you would have would have would have retired with her um but you know you were hinting at it but that would have prevented you from getting one of your two needed triple crowns uh throughout your career yeah uh you know man i look i mean again things just work out crazy i mean because i was i honestly i was really really thinking about it and i might have just done it uh, just walked away when she walked away. I mean, that's how much, you know, she meant to me, especially at the time and, and still does. I look, if I had one horse left to ride in my life all over again, and I could pick just one, I think it'd be her. No, I know it would be, I, I it really would. Yeah. What, what, what was your favorite race of hers? Is it, was it, I mean, obviously the classic was, was special and that could definitely be your answer. Um, but you know, I just, there's some of them, some of them might, you know, might, might have a, a different effect on you. Is that, was that your favorite race of hers? Yeah, it would have to be, uh, it was just, I mean, it was a day that I don't know if you were there, uh, that, that afternoon, but it, 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 it was a day the ground shook in California and it wasn't because of an earthquake. That's how much the people after the race were just still like 20 minutes after the race was over we're still jumping up and down and just screaming and i rode her all the way back and i rode her all the way back to the other end of the grandstand so everyone could see her and then rode her all the way back afterwards and it, it was just crazy I've, I've never seen nothing like that before never seen nothing like that since and don't know if i ever will but you could literally feel the ground shaking and i mean even bob baffert told me once he goes man i was bawling like a little kid and, and he had a horse in the race, you know, I mean, and I saw other trainers and other owners just crying, you know, just, they were so excited uh, about her. And it was just, uh, that would definitely have to be the race. I obviously that was, it was special and it was exciting. And, uh, but I, 
I, I my weird one is the 2010 vanity where you ran down Zardana. Uh, Zardana. I thought you were beat. I, I it just it felt like you were beat. Yeah, you know that that, that was for a moment there, but she got away with such easy fractions. Uh, I mean, there was a t- couple of times. I mean, so you're asking her to. I think there was one race. I think Jonathan she finished the last quarter of a mile in in, in twenty one and change, which is unheard of, man. That that's how fast she had to come home to win, because everyone would just there would be no pace in the race, and she knew she they, she'd be so you know way back there, and everyone would just go as slow as they they could and try and make it, uh, you know, a sprint from the quarter port of the wire, and and but she had such a huge stride, and a lot of those noses, believe it or not, were about the easiest nose you could have ever had in your life. I mean, she actually, they, they, even though the margin of victory was, was so short, um, I felt like she won by 10. I mean, I felt like she could have at any time, any place. And, and I, it's like, she knew where the wire was, man. She would, <laughs> she, she would make it as close as she could sometimes, but, but she, and she was just playing. And she really was. I mean, there was, there was some races where you thought, oh, wow, why'd you make it that close? I said, like, if you were on her, you wouldn't feel that way. It, she gave you so much confidence. Like I said, I felt like I was 10 in front, and I only went by a nose. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I never had another horse make you feel that way. It, it's strange. She, she was just different. What do you think she would have done on the grass, Mike? She's bred for it, wasn't she? Yeah, especially especially if she had to run a you know at a, a a big like a Belmont grass with a bigger you know with bigger turns and everything, man. There's no telling what she'd have done. I mean, look what she did on synthetic dirt. Uh, anything she ran over, you, and she's bred for grass. So <laughs> there's no telling. There's no telling. She might have been the kind of Billy that could could have won the arc or something like that. You know. Mike, I had Steve Asmussen on, and I asked him if 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 he wishes that Rachel and her would have got to run against each other, and he said absolutely. And he didn't say it with like, like oh, we would have beat her. Con. He he didn't say it like that. He was just saying he wishes that as a as a fan that 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 he would have had a chance to see that. Oh, that would have been great, man, to see. You know, I, it would have been a so. They were supposed to do it at Oakland, you know. Uh, it was supposed to meet there, and 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 I don't know if Rachel come up with something. I forget what it was, but she couldn't she couldn't run run in it. But that was going to be some race, man. It would have been incredible to watch because I, you know, at a mile eight, this, you know, you would think that probably Rachel would have an advantage, anything shorter than a mile and eight. And right, a mile and eight was probably the the place where you would you could kind kind of meet in the middle. Going a mile and a quarter, you, you'd probably give you the advantage, of course, to to Zenyatta, but but because of the running style and the way she she would finish so it would have been fun to see but they were just both monsters man they they really were they were they were great fillies to have uh i think they really kick-started our sport again they both did mike could you see where you were going in the preakness on justify that <laughs> I don't think people realize how far out that good magic had me, you know, he pushed me a good ways out. Uh, and, and, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, that was a, the, the Preakness is a race that I was probably the most nervous at. You would have thought it would have been the Belmont after you went in the Preakness, but you know, when I won the, when I, when I won the Derby, I, I mean, we knew going in, look, this, this is a, the, he, to me, he was just by far the most talented three-year-old 
going into the Derby, I, I said, he can win. If I just break good, he, he should win this race. And, and he's the kind of horse that if I could win this race, uh, he, he could win all three, you know. So after he won the Derby, and, and he, I, I, you know, he, the Derby takes a lot out of a horse sometimes, you know, and he'd only run, what, three times, man. And now, he, you know, he ran that hard in the Derby, and I'm thinking, man, I got to win this Preakness uh, w without doing too much uh you know, and I don't want to, I can't squeeze him twice because then, I, but he won't have anything left for the Belmont. And, and that's why the margin of victory was, was closer than it, what it was. If, if I wanted to take the race to him down the backside, I could have just went ahead and asked him to run and push that horse back on over and, and just, just open on up, you know, and, and, and he'd have won by, you know, of course, easier than what he won by, but I just kind of let him keep taking me out there, let him keep taking me out just because I didn't want to have to make him run so hard. And then I just, once I put him away, I just kind of was handwriting him in and, and then out of the clouds that, you know, Horse of Lucas has ran some race, man. He, he, <laughs> it was a little closer than I was, than I was wanting, but, but it was still kind of, kind of planned. I, I know no one could see anything. And of course, once we hit the fog, you know, we hit the fog again past the wire and he saw that other horse, he took on off again. He, he wasn't going to let him by, you know, so. But you couldn't see that. So when I came back, Bob was like, well, I guess that's it, huh, man? He, he, he can't go no further. I think he's had it, man. I said, what are you talking about? Man, he, I said, he, he did that easy. He goes, well, I couldn't see anything. I said, oh, no, he wasn't going to let him by if, if we went around again. Trust me. And so a lot of people kind of going into the Belmont didn't, weren't sure if he was going to get the mile and a half, you know. But actually, that's where I was the most confident because I, I thought all along that Belmont would probably be his, his – his, the track that would suit him even better as big as he was, you know, that big old, those big old turns. And, and I just thought that the, the track would suit him. And of course he won pretty handy that day. So, but the, the race that I was the most nervous at was, was, I would have to say was, a, was a Preakness. Because once I got through the Preakness, man, I wasn't going to let the, the, the triple crown thing get to me. I always prayed about it, man. I asked you, I was gonna. I was determined to smile all the way. You can even see me in the post parade, man. I'm just smiling away like I'd already won it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna let that pressure get to me. <laughs> Michael, uh, you you've won I think 27 Breeders' Cup races, the most of any other rider. What what is what are what are some of them? And I'm not saying which one's more important. I'm just saying you know when when someone asks you the question that I'm going to ask you, what, what are some of them, a handful of them that really stick out to you? Those, those wins. My first one with lure, uh, he, I owe him all the lure. I, because of him and not only did he win my first one, he won my second one. He came right back and win again, <laughs> you know? So, so I, I kind of credit a lot of my breeders cup success to lure because he kind of kicked, kicked it all off, man. You know, that they really get me going and, but getting a chance to, 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 man, it's so mean. I've been so blessed in the Breeders' Cup, man. I could, I could tell you a story about each and every one of them, and that's a whole other show, man. <laughs> you know, even at Hollywood Park when I picked up uh, Skip Away, man, for the classic, you know, and, and, and at last minute and Sonny had to put up 480000 to run in. Uh, yeah, you talk about and then then we drew the one hole, man. You talk about the pressure, man. <laughs> Here's a guy put up a half a million to run this horse and you draw the one hole and, and, and you know everyone's looking for you. And for him to run the way he ran that day was pretty incredible as well. I don't know if you remember that that classic at, at Hollywood Park, but if you ever get a chance, go back and watch that race. And I let him I let him run early, man, and he just took it to him and 
he was a horse that I, I, I had never ridden, but I'd of course watched him run a lot. And all he, again, talking about the stamina thing, when you let a horse with a high cruising speed like that, I, I knew that if I let him run early, that he could keep running, man. And he'd run some numbers and he would just run them off their feet. And then that's kind of what I did. And it, 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 I'm glad it worked out. Otherwise I think people would have thought, why, why would you move at the three quarter pole like that, man? <laughs> You'll have to go back and watch the race to understand it. Did you did you did you think that you won with Songbird? Yeah, you know, but we stood up and and and, and, and I saw Gary pump his fist like he, he thought he won. I thought, man, I, my poor buddy is going to get embarrassed when they put put my number up. <laughs> I said, hey, poor guy, man. I said, oh man, and then we come back and. His number was up. I said, what the heck? But yeah, I, I, I know I was in front the jump before, and, and I, I felt like I was in front the jump after, but somehow he, he, he snuck that in between jump away from me, man. I don't know how it happened, but it happened, man. Are, are photos easier for you guys to tell while you're on? Do they, are they not as close? No. Are they hard? No, not, not, not all the time. And sometimes you think you want it and you don't. You're like, what? I, I don't. Yeah, it's it's just this. I guess because you want it so bad, your mind won't let you think you you didn't get up or or, or they got you. You know, you you, you just I think because you want it so bad, you just think you won. <laughs> but with with Senyata, I could tell she was so big that I was always kind of towering over her most of the time, and you could just you could see it. You know, it was easy for her, but but. She, she was the only one that, that I could really tell whenever I'd make it so close that uh, she got it, you know, she got it easy. But, but I thought it was Songbird. I, th- I thought I won. I still feel like I won to be honest with you, Johnny, because she ran too good to lose. I don't, I don't <laughs> think there was a loser in that race. I think they both won. I just didn't get paid and Gary got paid. So I make him buy every time we go. He, <laughs> he did it. I said, Oh, that's what's up. This is a beholder. I said, all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what's the uh, you know of of uh, you've ridden a uh, you know I think you've ridden a lot of people's dream horses, um, a couple horses that you wish you would have had a chance to ride that you would have loved to 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 get a leg up on. I'd love to ride an easy goer. Uh, I was you know I'm a huge Pat Day fan and, and it was a big fan of him watching him ride it and I just thought man I bet it's so fun to ride that horse man. So I've always wanted to ride Easy Goer. I would have loved to have ridden Sunday Silence as well. Uh, I would have loved to have ridden, you know, got that chance to ride uh, Spin the Buck. Uh, not Spin the Buck, uh, uh, Spectacular Bid. But hell, I'd take Spin the Buck too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ali Sheba was another horse that I got on in the morning a few times and just, man, I thought about it. I'd love to ride him in a race one time. They're just they're great horses. That's, Fun to watch and fun to to watch ride. I'd love to have ridden Ruffy in once. I've been blessed My, to have ridden a lot of great fillies. I would have liked to see what she felt like, you know. Oh, absolutely, Mike. Who who who's the one that got away? Who's the uh, the almost mount? Who's the who's the I was supposed to be on that one? Uh, you know that uh, the old uh, you know Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to be in this movie. Who 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 was uh, who was yours? 
Well, it, it would have been cigar, but but I don't know if I would have changed it, even if I had a chance again, because I was riding Holy Bull. But I, I won the first race of cigars win streak. And, uh, and and the reason I didn't ride him back, I, I rode a horse called uh, Devil is Due instead of him uh, and Jerry. That's when Jerry picked him up and then, you know, of course, never took off him. But I did that knowing that I was going to take off cigar the race after that anyway, because they're going to run against each other. And I wasn't taking off Holy Bull by no means. And that was, of course, the race that Holy Bull uh, got hurt in. So, but I, I guess cigar would, would, would be, I mean, because they just, you know, it was, it was such a famous run that he went on. It would have been pretty cool to be a part of, but, uh, but I still would have, would, would have kept it the same. And, you know, look, he might not have run for me like he did Jerry, but when I won that, that allowance race on him before he the first race of his winning streak, man, I thought to myself, wow. I mean, he could have won that race by 20 if I wanted to. I thought, man, this is some horse. I'm going to have trouble beating him, you know, with, with, with Holy Bull's going to, going to have to run his race to beat him. And, and who knows what would happen? No one, no, no one will ever know, you know. Mike, the best horse that people forget about that you rode, you know, obviously they know the Zenyatta's, the Justifies. The song uh, by, by far shared belief. That was my guess. That's who I was going to guess you were going to say. Oh, let me tell you something, man. Jonathan, that horse should have, should have he should be undefeated. He should have gone undefeated. He would have won. He would have won the Breeders' Cup Classic. There's not a doubt in my mind if he doesn't get eliminated. Not once, not twice, but three times he got eliminated and still came back and almost wins it. I mean, that, that horse was incredible, man. He really was a really, and I'd be California Chrome horses like that. Like, I mean, with ease, I mean, he was that good. You know, the only thing that hurt him was that, that one race. And then of course his last race that he got to run in when, when he, he broke his pelvis, you know, he cracked his pelvis. So that, that horse should have, should have, should have retired unbeaten. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's I I I predicted that's that was who you were gonna say. He was outstanding. Yeah, he really was, man. He, he deserves a whole, uh, he he deserves to be in the Hall. I mean, he was good enough. He, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, Mike, uh, what's 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 next for you? You're gonna, you're gonna Del Mar this summer. You're gonna stick around. I love that. I love to hear that. I mean, I I feel like it's a race. It's a race to see who doesn't retire first between you and Johnny. Yeah, he's another one of my brothers. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, I I feel too good, man. I feel too good right now uh, to even think about it. I honestly do. I, I like I just just before I started got on got on the show here with you. I was in the gym working out and telling my personal trainer how good I feel. I rode six yesterday, and although I didn't win one, I when I got to the six one, I was like, man, can we start all over again? I, I I'm just now really starting to feel good. <laughs> really great, man. So there's a lot of great babies, you know, coming around this year. I hope I can, I can get on a few of them and, and, and see what happens, man. I, I want to give it a, a really strong year. want to finish this year out good and, and then give next year all I got and see where it takes me. Mike, is there one, is there one race? I, I actually did this. It was actually funny. I did this with, with Saul Kuman the other day. I asked him if there's a grade one he hasn't won, a big grade one he hasn't won. And it Artists took us a while. Million. That's when you want. That's that's you. Yeah, it's always been the Arlington Million, man. I, I haven't got very very many opportunities in it. I've only ridden it like like four times, 
I've been second twice, but I've never, I, I, you know, Chicago, when I was back, I was young, you know, when, when I was riding Chicago back in the day, and that was the only, the first million dollar race we had in the United States, uh, besides the All-American uh, for quarter horses, but for thoroughbreds, that was the first million dollar racer was, and I, I got to, you know, watch it several times, you know, riding around Chicago and always, always wanted to win the Arlington Million. Now I never get that chance. I mean, I guess you could win it at Churchill, but it be, you know it wouldn't be the same. No, it wouldn't be the same. Close, close. Of, of your yeah, twenty-seven, I mean, I'll still take it. I'll still take yeah. it. Yeah, of your twenty-seven Breeders' Cup wins, did you win? All, have you won all fourteen of them? Yeah, you know I've I've won all, I've won just I think I've won all of them. I guess the turf. Well, you won the turf sprint or the Man, I guess the I juvenile the, turf sprint, right? Yeah, those I did. I, I haven't won, but, but yeah. Uh, but the turf sprint, I went back to back with uh, this direction. direction. Yeah. But when I went, there used to be seven originals, you know, it, it, that, that was, a you know, the Breeders' Cup, you know, back in the day used to be seven till it, you know, it turned into, of course, two days of it now. But uh, <clears throat> I was always proud to say that I, when I, when I, when I caught Jerry, I, I caught him with it by winning seven, ori- I caught him by winning one of the seven originals. I didn't, I didn't pass him by winning one of the, the new ones until afterwards. <laughs> so I, I always liked that. At least I, I, I did it with, with the originals, you know. Because now you got, you got so many of them, somebody's going to catch me pretty soon one of these days. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we'll see. It's, that's, well, I'm going to try to add a, a few more to it. Of course. Before of it course. happens, but, but, but we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. We're going to give it my bad. Yeah, I mean, we, we were doing the math this summer on, on, on IRAD – you know, I, I mean, obviously there's a lot of other guys, but I rolling right now that that could beat Johnny's thousand wins at, at Saratoga. And, you know, I think Irad can do it. And in, in, I think if he keeps up to his pace, he can do it in, in maybe six, seven years, eight years. Yeah. I mean, he rides so many horses as well, you know, so. It's, but yeah, especially with the Breeders' Cup now, I mean, there's, there's quite a few of them now. So, you, I mean, if, you, if you're fortunate enough to – to be riding him kind, you're going to have a shot at it, you know? Well, Mike, I, I, like I told you at the top and I told you in the middle, this is uh this is an honor to have you on. It's, it's an honor to call you a friend. And, and uh, I, I, uh, I, I want to keep, I want to see you keep riding. I, I, I never thought about it, but just like, I'm glad it's not coming anytime soon, but I, I do think that it'll be a sad day for me when you retire. So you just keep, you just stay healthy and you keep rolling. Amen, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's always great talking to you, and, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you in, in person soon, man. Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get to Santa Anita soon. I'm, I'm come you out know, stay with us. Yeah, no, you got it. We got to Hopefully, you'll come up this summer again. We've we've had some fun dinners at Salivo, um, in Saratoga, and then uh, we're definitely to. coming for the Breeders' Cup. Definitely coming for the Breeders' Cup. Well, you know, you know, you got a place to stay, man. You let me know. Mike, I appreciate you so much for everything you've done for uh, for the game and and for me personally too. I, I it's uh it's uh I, I, like I said, there's there's a, there's there's about three three horses that uh, that you that you rode that made a huge deal and and I even and I, I you're actually tattooed on my arm. I showed you that Palace Malice. Yeah, was Palace the Malice. only the only Triple Crown race my father and I uh, got to see together. Oh, and it, was, it was Palace Malice when so uh, every you just keep showing up. You keep showing up. Well, that's why we're meant to be friends, man. Mike, I appreciate the time. Uh, safe trips around there, and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much, man. God bless. All right, Mike, I appreciate it, man. That was awesome.
Oh, you got it, buddy. Man, that was a uh, that was a ton of fun. It's uh, still surreal to me. You know, I can, I can, I can, uh, I can, you know, <laughs> go to dinner with Chad or or uh, send a text message to Brad Cox or sit on a cart with Tom Durkin, and those are all really cool things for for someone who is truly a fan of this game first. But man, old talking to Mike Smith for an hour and change just hits different for uh, for a guy who has him tattooed on his arm uh, because of Drosselmeyer that, that you heard. I've, I've never said that out loud before. Uh, because of of, of Giacomo, because of Zenyatta, and uh, it was uh, man, it was a, it was a ton of fun. And, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Want to thank our our friends at Qatar Racing uh, for supporting JK Plus One. Also, uh, I, I hope that. Uh, he got you in the derby mood because you got some past performances you need to be looking at. Um, make sure you're, you're you're supporting some of the cool wagers that they're doing as well. Um, this is not a, an ad. I just I love the two day pick six that they do, all grade ones uh, for for derby weekend. So make sure you're getting involved there, and uh, and, and make sure that we. Uh, the thing I got out of this is trainers. If you're listening to this, keep Mikey on horses. He's got to get that second triple crown in that third derby before he retires. And we want to keep him riding as long as possible. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. I want to thank everyone at In The Money Media. Thank you, PTF. Thank you, Drew. Uh, thank you to, 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 to Maggie, Acacia, Matt Bernier, Spencer, uh, Billy, Michelle, all the shows on the network. I, I feel like I'm always forgetting someone, but I, I, whatever. I, I, I just, I go blank. Uh, but most of all, uh, I, I want to thank... Mugsy, the handicapping Labrador, we love you, and uh, we will miss you coming down the stairs in the middle of our shows or, uh, or walking into the, to the kitchen on the little house on the east side. Uh, may you win all your derby photos. I need to know everything. Who in the what in the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche, a five and a horse, I'm ready for war, I'm coming for ghosts, to turn to a ghost, I need to know everything. Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them talk.